This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to a very special edition of Tunnel Vision, a show brought to you by uscfootball.com. We've got a big crew coming at you live today on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, i got Chris DeVito next to me. What's up, Chris? How are you doing, man? Good. How are you? Good, good, good. we got Jack uh, running the board again. Uh, Jack Smith is an uh, intern doing a great job so far, second week in a row doing Tunnel Vision. Thanks, Jack. Of course. Glad to be here. Yeah, we got uh, Shotgun uh, joining us remotely, but we got a very special guest. Just set this up at the last minute. Michael Jones, he's the CEO of Stay Doubted. He wants to come on because today, to this evening, USC announced and Boulevard announced the official launch and uh, a lot of cool stuff uh, for multimedia shows, membership tiers that you can you know sign up and uh, contribute to Boulevard so money will go to the student athletes. So we're going to welcome uh, Michael Jones in. Michael, thanks for coming on, man. He's frozen. All right, cool. Well, <laughs> perfect. This is a great way to start things. Uh, but anyway, just want to let people know what's going on. We'll try to get uh michael back on there um what he uh is was going to talk about and hopefully we'll still get a chance to talk about we got this official word today that uh boulevard was launching um there are some cool uh as far as uh shows and things that you know involve student athletes where they would be going um live doing different kind of shows about what there's tacos there's uh, video games, stuff like that. So it's a, it's a way to kind of showcase student athletes, uh, get to know them more behind the scenes kind of thing, and uh, and check it out that way. And so that looks cool. And then also, if you're a USC football fan or a USC athletics fan, there are membership tiers that go up to I think it's like from five bucks a month or something to like a thousand dollars a month. And if you want to do more, there's like the A list stuff where it's uh, twenty five thousand a year or more, and then that money will go to uh, the student athletes. So it's pretty cool. I mean, that's the, the launch. We were kind of waiting this for a little while. If you read the war room over at uscfootball.com, you kind of knew this was um, coming up this week, but it looks pretty cool to me, Chris. I don't know what you think. Yeah. You get the whole collective plus issue in terms of, you know, it being a blend of both worlds, you know, you get that kind of those, you can be a membership, you can just donate money directly. And you also get the, the branding with the NIL, you know, getting that brand out there, sponsorship, stuff like that. So it's a nice little marriage between the two and you know you should go check out the website because a lot of good production went into uh showcasing uh these shows and kind of giving teasers of what they're going to look like and they look pretty cool so i'm excited to check them out and especially a taco show with justin yeah. Dita. So i showed justin Dita on a taco show i'm in signing up for that one you mentioned the production um 
Yes, like they they put they put out a one minute video on uh, YouTube or on Twitter, and then you can kind of check it out. And there is definitely a high production value that's going into this. So there, uh, this is the sort of thing they were sort of waiting for with the launch, and you know, that being able to there was a you know we have uh, Caleb Williams like playing video games on a couch. You kind of talking about that. I think they were playing like Madden or something. Um, like you mentioned the the taco shows. There's a way to kind of get behind the scenes with these student athletes, and then the membership tiers. Uh, the guys from from uh, Boulevard posted on the Peristyle on our message board at usafootball.com today that they had cut the expense ratio down to five percent. So it's a, apparently best in the industry, um, and then also the ability to dictate where your donations go. So if you wanted to donate to the football team or say you, you played water polo there and you want your money to go to the water polo team, uh, you can do all that. So um, it's pretty cool what they've been able to kind of uh, put together. And I think one of the important aspects of it uh, from what they were talking about and you know bringing it uh, with the notes that they put on the Peristyle is it is the official partner of USC football, USC athletics. And so they're, you know, a lot of times you're talking about a collective um, you know, there's collectives at big universities. There's really not supposed to be any kind of association between the collective, this group of boosters that are putting money together and the school. So, I mean, you could be talking about if they're looking at focusing on student athletes, I mean, uh, prospects, you might, the collective might be backing a, a prospect that the coaches don't necessarily want to have on the, you know, there's weird stuff that can go out like this way with that. So the good thing about Boulevard from what they were talking about is that they actually uh, are the official partner of USC Athletics. So there's communication between uh, Boulevard and, and Riley or and any NFL or anybody else yeah. that they need to be in communication with. So it's a big advantage. But I, that's my exp explanation of things. But I think we have Michael on now. So I let him talk about it since he's the expert on what's going on. Michael, hopefully you're there now. Sorry, Michael. This is mine. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> we'll do this without audio. Today. And uh, just this will be the one of one audio, uh, interview I've ever done. <laughs> um, no, we're, we're fired up today um, because of, you know, we've been waiting for, for, I'd say, since the press release to really fully launch and let the USC fan base see um, everything that Boulevard has to offer. We've, you know, done a lot of work in the last 60 to 90 days to prepare for um, this fully public launch. We've had great support from stakeholders um, on the private side, but now we're ready to, to open it up and allow the, the floodgates from the, the public supporters of USC to, to come in from our membership side. So a lot has happened over the last 60 days. You're going to see this week, um, every single day of the week, Monday through Friday, we are announcing a new NIL opportunity for our student athletes. As we speak right now, um, we have 15 to 20 offensive and defensive linemen at a NIL uh, deal right as we speak. Um, taking place for, for the big guys. It's with the steakhouse that will be feeding the guys um, all season long. Um, we have Thursday a, a first ever announcement coming where we'll be um, taking care of nearly the entire traveling party for the for home and away games, which you'll hear more about there. Um, we have official partnerships and a luxury car dealer coming in. Um, a lot has happened. Um you know, we've already contracted seven figures worth of deals for student athletes just in the next four months, on track to do eight figures in 2023 for the players. Um, so football is fully rolling. Um, Lincoln is fired up and is 
as I think everybody understands, we've we've knew what Boulevard's potential was, and now everybody can really see what that looks like fully in the public. If you guys let me know what questions you want me to ask, I can type them through the chat to Michael. Yeah, uh, I mean, we ask maybe what the feedback. I just have shotgun are. now. What's the, what's the feedback been like? Okay, um, feedback's been great. Um, to be honest with you, um, you know, we we didn't know sixty days ago what the response would be. We had um, spent nine months with Brandon Sosta and. When Lincoln arrived in December, working with Lincoln on what this would look like, we then had that press release and we really had the chance to start to talk about it with some private stakeholders. And it's been unbelievable. Like Lincoln's been as fired up as he has been because of the support that we have seen come in. And because of that, um, we are on track in just four months this fall, we will contract more than majority of the NIL collectives that you see out there for our student athletes. So. We're competing toe-in-toe with every single other um, entity in the country. That's what we anticipated that we would do. That's what we're going to do. Um, I don't think that USC will not top the list when it comes to 2023. and We have a full fiscal year underneath us um, in terms of what we're doing for our student-athletes. So we made it uh, announced today that um, every single football player will be compensated and, and um, we're working through what that actual figure will be, but you know those numbers are going to be significant. And then for the top guys that have big marketability, um, you're looking at high six-figure commitments that we're making to these student athletes. So um, we're not just concentrated on um, you know making sure that everybody has. We want to make sure that the top guys feel taken care of, the, of the players opted in. So nearly the entire football roster has opted in. Every single kid that's opting in we'll see um, a high, you know, five-figure investment into their, their marketability and IO opportunities um, this fall and into spring. Jack, if you want to ask him one more, um, just let him know the last one. Uh, just talk about the, the multimedia taking, shows, the web shows. We're taking it in the chat and how I answer questions today. I like this. Yeah. <laughs> just ask about the web shows because I want to get him under that, yeah. What are the shows going to be? So we have four shows uh, releasing. Our first one comes tomorrow. Um, I'll give you guys an insider peek. It's going to be with Caleb Williams. It's a video game show called um, Run It Back. So we paired up Sydney Goodman, who also is a former USC cheerleader, um, song girl. And um, she is actually playing video games with Caleb Williams and just expanding their audiences into new areas. As funny as it sounds, Caleb is, you know, a big name in sports, but in gaming, he is not. So this is an opportunity for him to expand his audience, expand his brand, um, and, and that's a big part of it, right? So you're seeing all both sides of Boulevard function through these series. You know, we paid Caleb to be in the video, so he was compensated well to be in the video, and then on top of that, you know, you'll notice that there's brands inside the video and we are selling sponsorships into that video. So he's bringing an additional revenue from that side as well. So in a lot of the NIL world, their only com you know component is on this side. And we are compensating student athletes just as competitively on this side. But we're also bringing in additional revenue from national sponsors on top of that. So for Caleb Williams of the world, um, you know, he could do that without Boulevard. If you don't have to put Caleb Williams in a boulevard piece of content for him to be able to sell, but for somebody that isn't as marketable, they can actually go into a boulevard ecosystem where they are much more sellable to a national ecosystem. So um, that is something that we're really excited about. So you have 
video games. We have a food series for the big guys that's going to be really fun. Um, it's it's taco-based, going around some of the best taco joints in Los Angeles. We have a fashion-based one. We saw the teaser with Mario Williams. He's in that one. Um, and then we have a fourth one um, that is more music-based, where they talk about some of the different music that they uh, enjoy to listen to. And, um, and there's a strategic headphone company that's that we're, we made sure was involved there. All right. Uh, well, Michael Jones, CEO of Stay Doubted, thanks for awesome. joining us. Thanks for Thank having you. me. This was the most unique experience I've had <laughs> from an interview standpoint. Um, but again, I, I just want to say this to, to everybody. Um, we've listened. We've heard the feedback. We understand. Um, and we're going to continue to adapt, get stronger. But the support that everyone has shown, and we've watched the since it's come in, we're already past six figures in donations in the last two hours. Um, wow. so that just tells you how powerful the USC community is that we went live to the general public and we're already into six figures. Um, and we have seven figures in plus in private donations, almost eight there. So USC is alive and well, and welcome to the NIL era where we can go win national championships. All right. Michael Jones, CEO of Stay Dotted. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, man. Thank you. Sorry about this, but, uh, that's, <laughs> it's good. At least we got, you know, it was good. Um, you can like, uh. Yeah, so thanks, Jack, for – Jack was handling all that stuff. behind the First – second day on the job, he's doing this, so. That, that felt like that scene in The Martian where they're trying to communicate with him on Mars and they yeah. can't talk to each other. That's what that felt like. It did feel a little thing. like that. We were literally talking to him the whole time before – like for 15 minutes before the show started and then things kind of went haywire a little bit. Do we still have Shotgun there? We still have Shotgun. Shot we can't get here, rid of him. Right? We can't get rid of him. Yeah, that's good. Unfortunately, we can't uh, get rid of him. Can he not hear either? No, I got no, Oh, okay. Like, geez, I'm like, what's going on here, man? This is crazy. Like, we, you know, put stuff together last minute, so we do apologize. There's a lot going on, uh, but we were get to. He we, it was good to hear from him. Shotgun, any thoughts on what uh, Michael Jones had to say? Uh, not necessarily just what he had to say, but you know, so from reading the the release and everything, I think one of the big figures is that five percent. Uh, you know, they're only taking five percent overhead from the players. Because if you guys noticed earlier this week, UCLA's players were putting out uh, that they're coming out with a Westwood NIL club. You know, this is the same the same company that has put this together. I'm blanking on the name off the top of my head right now, but has multiple of these around the country. There's a Fayetteville one for for uh, Arkansas. There's a you know a, a, a Tempe one for Arizona State. They are taking 18 percent cut. Wow. From the players, so just to compare that, that that number is striking to me: five percent versus eighteen percent um, there. And the fact that you know that they did hear Mike talking about how they listened to the feedback and how your money will now go to one sport if that's what you want it to go towards, and you know just some of the things, the adjustments they might made. And again, this is something that is going to be a work in progress everywhere. The NIL just sphere because. The NCAA has been like, ah, we we're not, we don't have any control over this. You guys do what you want, uh, and so because of that, it's made it. It's there's just so many different ways that this can go about, um, and it, I think that's why you're seeing so many uh, schools go in different ways about it. And you know the the way that USC is going about this, I think it's interesting. You know, not only that they're getting paid for the appearance fee, you know, for Caleb Williams. But also the product placement potential there. You know, there'll be an Aquafina bottle or whatever in the in the video. 
this is what you see a lot of times in music videos and you know and, and uh, movies as well. This is a you know a way that makes a lot more money on the side that is not an active. Hey, I'm drinking you know Gatorade or whatever. But the fact that there's a Gatorade bottle in the corner of the scene, you know, makes a ton of money for for uh, these creative. And then also, you talked about Ryan, the production value of that one minute clip. Getting our getting our man Will Stout back involved. Yeah, who was with the team in 2020. He came over from LSU. Uh, did some really cool things with USC. He was back involved in this video, so just to see him back over there, uh, you know, doing some things with USC again was really cool as well. Yeah, so it's good. I mean, again, apologize for the technical difficulties, but I'm glad you got to hear from him. The announcement just came a couple hours ago. It was like he was saying, they've already got a bunch of donations. Um, that you know, they were very the the whole crew over there. It's it, you know, uh, Boulevard were nice enough to post on the Peristyle, so you got a heads up if you're a USCFootball.com member. They're telling you what's going on there, and then of course. Him uh, willing to jump on the show um, here. I think he's he's Central Time. I think where he is in in Texas. So that was nice of him to come on. I know it's late there. Uh, any other thoughts, Chris? Before we kind of move on. Yeah. Where's my appearance fee? Do you get an appearance fee? <laughs> yeah, I'm asking you. Where's where's, oh. where's me and Shotgun's appearance fee? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's a good point. Um, but in all seriousness, my standout from the the press release was that 33 percent has gone to the offensive line and defensive line. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. For a team that needs to get back to building the trenches. So I think that's a, a figure and a number that a lot of USC fans like to see. Yeah. But the big men are getting paid. No, big men are getting paid. That's a good thing. Uh, all right. We kind of have to start the and show I, like – oh, I, go ahead. Go ahead, Shotty. I, I thought the numbers he just threw out at the very end there, that in two hours what they've already raised, I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Um, you know, credit, we can't verify all those numbers and what that six-figure looks like. You know how close it is to seven or whatnot, but you know, just to see if there is a response, I think it is really interesting. And hey, maybe we can try to get him on uh, later in the week or something to you know be able to get a true interview instead of a uh, holding up uh, signs trying to you know pass uh, pass go on Monopoly board here or something. <laughs> He's both him and Spencer Harris have come on the show before, like when the press release first came out. So we'll definitely have him on. Maybe on a podcast forum, it'd be a lot of fun to to do something like that. But this was breaking news for tonight. So we wanted, that was nice that he offered to come on the show. Didn't expect to have him on right away. So we didn't really get to start the show. This kind of like reset things. Um, Jack, if you want to put up the four shot, if you, if we got that one there. So Jack is back and handled all that stuff uh, expertly, even though it's only secondary. So thanks Jack for doing that. How was your first week of school, man? It was good. You guys last week were telling me that I had to have an 8 a.m. class, and I was telling you guys about how great 10 a.m. classes were, and I had to drop my 10 a.m. class. I've got 8 a.m. tomorrow morning and oh, Wednesday morning. He jinxed so. himself. He jinxed himself. At least, I'm going to go back right after this podcast episode, go right to sleep, uh, and I have to wake up pretty early for Spanish 3 tomorrow morning. Nice. But first week was not the, not all that bad. So we're keeping up on a school night again. Uh, but just to let you guys know, we will be doing two shows a week going forward. We're going to do a Thursday night tunnel vision That'll probably be a mix between uh, Shotgun here with me when he comes into town and then RJ Abadia, who came on before. Chris has got a lot of stuff going on, so we probably, you know, unless Chris really wants to, he won't be a part of the Thursday show. He, do. he does not. Uh, so we're going to do well, – <laughs> I just want to go on record. He's not want to do it. Like, he's in, in here a lot. He's got to do the three-hour podcast with Gerard. Um, which takes a lot of time and stuff too. But you know, we have the Wednesday practice, and then he comes in on Wednesday night. So we're going to have Chris the Thursday night off, but we will have a Thursday night show, 7 p.m., same sort of thing. And then our Sunday show, which will be a recap show of everything that's going on um, with uh, the football team, what happened to the game. Of course, 
Rice is this weekend, 3 p.m. kick uh, Pac-12 Network. We are going to have a uscfootball.com tailgate party. So that's going to be fun. So I'll give you the details over at uscfootball.com. But it'll be one of the museum parking lots. Um, we got our boy Dano doing the grill again, if you remember him from back in the day. Trader Joe's providing all kinds of snacks. Uh, we'll have a bake-off. We're going to do a bake-off. We I keep forgetting about Uh-oh. that. We're going to have a bake-off. Mine will be the good ones. <laughs> It'll be a blind taste test where you vote. And I think we're going to do some giveaways. We're going to do some giveaways. Yeah, so. It'll be fun. Um, fun and, for me. Yeah. We're going to have uh, we'll have like a massage table there. So like there's a massage company that's going to come out and they'll do free like 10-minute massages. Uh, that'll be cool. We'll put up drinks and everything like that. So it'll be a lot of fun. It's free. Just come on out if you're going to be going to the rice game. Uh, it's a great way to kind of meet people from the site, you know, the people that you talk with or whatever from the show or on the site, wherever. So make sure you guys check out. We'll put more stuff on our Twitter accounts and uh, on uscfootball.com in the next couple of days to give you like exact locations and, and all that kind of stuff. But probably start around like 11 a.m. to noon. Uh, and then, you know, we... We have to go to the game, so we're not going to be there. Like, you're not don't show up at two fifty and think that you're going to see us. We're going to be long gone by then. So get there early, and you'll be able to hang out with some of the uscfootball.com staff. Uh, all right, but we also have some breaking we'll, news. I'm sorry, do you have something? We'll shot make in? sure that we'll make sure that Chris comes and that doesn't just hide. In the well, I, I he has to because the bake off. I have to be there for the bake. I'm legally required oh, to be there for the bake off. You think he wouldn't just drop off the food and then just duck out? Come on. Yeah. So whoever's there, we're gonna let you be judges for the bake off. Bless you, sir. We'll uh, we'll let you try the. I was, uh, I was surprised that it wasn't just a fake sneeze and him taking off running to get right. out of the He was like, "Boo, so. bye bye." Uh, <laughs> but there are also some big news. It was supposed to be like the headline of the show, but we had some other news that happened like more recently. Uh, USC picks up a, a big commit, four star commit, one of the top players in Arizona, uh, big big wide receiver. Uh, Chris, do you want to? Take that one away. Uh, Jacoby Lane out of Red Mountain, uh, Arizona area, six foot four, 175 pounds. The third wide receiver commitment for Lincoln Riley and this class. Significant because USC, you know, in the last couple months had been shopping for a, a big bodied receiver to kind of go with those smaller guys like a Makai Lemon and a five foot nine, but fast as the wind, Zachariah Branch. You need some size. And if you look at this USC wide receiving core, you know, not a ton of size uh, with Drake London off to the NFL, obviously. Shout out to Shotgun and the Falcons. But USC, they wanted that big body receiver. There have been a couple uh, offers out. You know, Orlando Greenlow over at Lawndale is kind of a big six foot five uh, basketball type player. But here, Jacoby Lane decides to go ahead and make that commitment on Saturday. Kind of a little bit of a surprise one. But on paper, you know, this is a, this is a recruiting uh, team that is not uh, they, they're not going to struggle to pull in skilled position players so you know they snatch uh, Lane away from Oregon you know Oregon had all uh, crystal ball predictions in Oregon was actually his dream school growing up and a school he almost uh, went ahead and committed to but here he comes to the Trojans you know boost that class up a little bit still number 13 in the country but 17 commits and it's just another big weapon for Lincoln Riley and this offense for next season and he's a big bo- big boy he's springy he's athletic you know kind of long uh watches highlights you know he's leaping over dudes making one-handed catches in the back of the end zone he's kind of that that dynamic athlete uh that you want to throw the ball up to in in, in the red zone in the end zone yeah but big commitment uh friday i think that was uh, saturday it was on saturday okay yeah i was coming back from 
San Diego, and then like stuff blowing up. Big, big, big news coming out of that. Shadi, any thoughts on USC's new wide receiver commit? I mean, I think it's important when you're building a wide receiver room, you're building a team, you're building a coaching staff, you want diversity. And I've talked about this in the past, but the fact that you're going out and getting a big body guy, because that was one of the things I was a little bit concerned about is all the guys that, that Lincoln Riley's come bringing in are some of these small jitterbug type of guys that can really make guys miss. But you also want that guy that can win you that jump ball on the outside at times too, you know, depending on the coverages that you're going to be getting. Uh, I guess the team, if they want to load up the box and go one-on-one on the outside, you want a guy that can go up and make the Drake London-style catch. And, hey, maybe sometimes that's going to be your tight end. But you want a wide receiver that can do it as well. And I like the fact that you're mixing up the wide receiver room, uh, just the different skill sets that you have there with Jacoby Lane. Uh, this kid has got to put on some weight before he's going to be a guy that can make an impact at the at the D1 level uh, because he's super skinny right now. But has the athleticism, showed out in this, this uh, spring during the seven-on-seven circuit, during the evaluation period, and really kind of exploded on the scene a little bit right there. We're going to try to go see him next weekend. We'll see if we can get that, make that happen because um, his team is playing out in San Diego with some other kids. Deuce Robinson's playing down in the San Diego area. So we're going to see uh, if we can see some of these Arizona boys uh, when they make their trip down to Southern California here. Uh, but, you know, just a, another big-body guy, big-body weapon, and a different style of weapon which is what you want to do. Just continue to stack playmakers on top of playmakers. Yeah. All right. Uh, so big commitment there. Big uh, announcement from Boulevard. And then, of course, a big game, a big season. Big anticipation. USC versus Rice this coming weekend. We want to see what the heck this Lincoln-Riley era is going to look like. Is Rice going to be a good test? No, but you definitely want to unveil it's kind of like shiny new toy. You want to play with it. You know, you want to see what's going on. We want to see what the offense looks like. We Not want to a see. good test, but a great opener. It is a great opener. It's a great uh, punching bag team, if you will. Yeah. Shawty will be out yeah, here. Of, be good. One of the bottom teams in the, in the you know, the Division One FBS ranks right now. Um, you know, they've just turned over their head coach, if I remember correctly. So just a lot of things that are working in the favor of USC to go in there. And to be able to get reps for guys. Yeah. Remember, this is a first year in the offense, first year in the defense for 99% of the players on this team, outside of Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, and uh, McCutcheon. And there's only three guys that have experience in this in this system. So this is a great opportunity to get a ton of reps for different guys, too. And if I was USC, I'd run some tempo, at least early, so you get even more reps potentially in there. Uh, as long as you're, you're able to run those and get done what you want to do when you're running some tempo, just so you can get some extra plays in there, knowing that, hey, Caleb Williams may only play a half, maybe play three quarters, you know, if things are going right, uh, and then you want to get some other guys in there. So, you know, if you can put up 50 plays in the first half on the offensive side, then I would try to do that as much as possible just so you're getting those guys, those reps, but then you can also get your twos in there uh, when the game you know, potentially gets out of hand. Shotgun, take it or leave it. The starters will not be in in the second half. I'm gonna. That's that's kind of an iffy one because I don't, I don't think all the starters will be in, uh, but some of the starters still will be in. Yeah, that's, I would say the same thing. I think by like late third quarter, they're out. Uh, now you've seen USC do openers in the past where it's like a 24-17 against a team that's not that good. And you're like, uh-oh, this is probably a problem. If I mean, if that happens against Rice and it's like 24-17, major problem. Rethink everything you think about the season. I don't want to overreact, but I would overreact to something like that. But I'm not expecting that. I think you're going to see 
a lot of points being scored. I think you're going to see an aggressive defense. They'll probably force a bunch of turnovers, make some big plays. People are going to be having a lot of fun. Maybe the student section's gone by the middle of the third quarter, not because of the game stunk, just because it's a blowout and they're just excited. Uh, we'll they want see. to celebrate with the team afterwards, I think. Yeah, that, yeah a lot of students are like, okay, we're going to be, be, be that kind of right. So I think it's, <laughs> as quickly as you, you know, you're going to get back. Uh, I'm curious to see what the attendance is. Uh, just to, to talk to some people at USC about that. I know we've had questions on that before. Um, I was told season ticket sales are above where they expected. So that's good considering they knew who Lincoln, you know, when Lincoln Rather was coming in there. They sold like some mini game packages and stuff uh, that they were doing really well. So they seem pretty optimistic as far as the ticket sales stuff. We've seen the fan enthusiasm just through our website, through our the number of people that would watch these shows or listen to our podcast. Um, so many people have come back, you know, that were kind of checked out. So um, I'm curious to see what the atmosphere is like, not just what the team looks like, but I think, you know, we're going to have a tailgate. tailgate. Tailgating should be better. Uh, I think people are excited for that. And then getting into the stadium, you know, you're going to get 70,000 people there. That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm guessing like 68, I think. I don't know if you, what were you guys? I went think? 70. You went 70? I think we were on the, talking about a podcast and I just went 70. I said, screw it. Let's just go 70. Shoddy Jack, what do you guys I'm think? Gonna, I'm going to go 80, 85% capacity uh, as because that's my birth year. I don't even know what number that would equate to, but yeah, I, don't, I don't know attendance numbers. I don't ever, Someone crunched I the get numbers. zoned in. I get zoned in and don't even pay attention to everything around me. Uh, Keely can tell you this best uh, that. I don't hear the band. I don't do all that. Once once the game starts going, I don't I don't really pay attention. Are you saying you get tunnel vision? Ooh, I see what you did there, mm. and uh, yeah, you could you could go with that. All right, you're saying sixty five thousand because it's okay. A, okay, about that sixty six thousand maybe is what you're saying if you're all saying right. eighty five percent. So, what about you, Jack? What do you think? I'm not going to give you a full number, but I'll give you I'll give you a hundred percent packed student section at the start of the game hopefully it is cleared out in the second half not because it's not a great game uh, but because the fans know that it's going to be over by the time that the team comes out of the tunnel for the second half but I think students are going to be really excited everyone that I've talked to around campus is is hyped to see the start of the Lincoln Riley era Um, I think there are going to be great things to come and it's going to start this week against Rice nice what will be the painted phrase on the shirt on the guys with the oh yeah Will it be Lincoln? The Trojan Knights. Will it be Lincoln? Will it be Caleb? What will it be? I do know some people in the Trojan Knights, but I think that is a very top secret stuff that they don't don't reveal (laughs) until the first day. But I know they're searching for new members if there are uh, students out there that want to go join the Trojan Knights, maybe have some influence on what to put across the chest. But I don't think that they're going to uh, announce that before the game. Nice. All right. I I think you have to start with Lincoln Riley. I think game one, you start with Lincoln Riley. And then go off of whoever has the big performances after that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, good stuff there. All right. Well, we uh, – yeah, so we're going to do a preview of Rice. I didn't really have any other topics. We could just start jumping into questions unless you got something else you want to talk about, Chris, or what you look – What do I First, real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, uh, people are asking about my West Virginia hat. You know, I, Oh. Obviously, I don't know if, if – I guess people aren't keyed in, but it's a big game on. Was it Thursday, I believe? Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Big USC game, USC quarterback versus USC quarterback and USC coordinator, all formers, of course. The Graham Harrell Bowl. You got the Graham Harrell Bowl going with Graham Harrell and JT Daniels facing off against Keaton Slovis and the guy who wanted to talk crap about Jordan Addison all all offseason. So 
I'm, I do have a pit hat as well. I got both sides of the, the backyard brawl. And also, this rivalry coming back is great. I don't know if you guys know anything about this rivalry in the past. It used to be really, really good in the Dan Marino days and whatnot. Ryan could tell you a little bit about that, being from Western PA. But this is going to be a really fun matchup, and I think all USC fans will be paying attention. So I'm just going ahead and putting out uh, you know, who I will be rooting for in this game and who I think will win. I'm going to give it to JT Daniels in this one. That's on Thursday? I believe that is on Thursday. Oh, Thursday wow. Well, I'll be off. So I'm, it's looking great for me. You, you I'm off. So I get to, I get to <laughs> so we might some. be watching this while we're doing our preview show of Rice because you know, there's a lot of USC, USC X's in there. We're going to check that out. Um, like, apparently, Ole Miss hasn't made a decision on their USC X. Uh, Jackson Dart and uh, Luke Altmeyer, I think they're still battling it out. So Lane, Lane Kiffin still hasn't made a decision there, but Jackson Dart in the running to be the star, at least the last I checked. If you remember Lane Kiffin in 2011, I believe it was, in, in, or maybe it was 2012, uh, infamously went with Max Wittick and Cody Kessler. You know, yes. Went back and forth with those two guys, and it did not work out great uh, there. So um, we'll see if they, they'll make an arrangement. I get, I got to ask you guys, what, what is your thoughts on Jim Harbaugh naming QB1 for Game 1 and QB2 for Game 2? If you have two QBs, you got no QBs, as they like to say. Yeah, his comments have been weird, like when he was talking about... It's it's Jim Harbaugh. It's going to be really hard to beat out, and I forget who... He he said it about both quarterbacks, but it's also going to be really hard to beat out. Well, that's your both dudes, you know? Um, I don't know, yeah. Yeah, Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarty, you know, both of those guys played last year, too, so it's not like it's a new dilemma. Uh, it's the same thing where Kate McNamara was a starter, but J.J. McCarty would come in and, and spell him. So it's just really weird. And, I mean, I guess it's what you expect from, from Jim Harbaugh. But it kind of shows you that coaches will go back to what they've done before. If you're a really weird coach and you do weird stuff, you're going to do it again. If yeah. you're Lane Kiffin and you've had quarter, uh, quarterback issues in the past, how many coaches learn from their mistakes? And we'll see uh, when USC takes the field. If Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch, if they learn from their mistakes, they added Oklahoma as well. Look at that yeah. tie-in. Come on, guys. I like it. That's awesome, Sean. That's why you're the best I, in the business. You know, when you got, like, Jim Harbaugh finally beats Ohio State, they make the playoff, but they didn't get any, like, recruiting momentum. It just doesn't It doesn't seem well, like – because there was the whole NFL thing. Yeah, he was, was like, through. flirting with the NFL. You guys couldn't even remember when you were talking on the podcast, like, who was the other playoff team? Like, you could, like – Thank you for reminding mi- me. Yeah, the problem. Yeah, Michigan is not um, – <laughs> At least I listened to your show. You know? Yeah, that's good. Uh, but so, you know, to as far as that goes, it's like they didn't re- – I don't feel like he's built up, I guess, you know, a lot of cachet just from making the playoff. And so you, you if you make a decision like this and you just won a championship, it's like, all right, we're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't seem like he's been getting the benefit of the doubt. So I think he's going to be highly criticized for this one, which – understand the hot seat? I don't think he's a hot seat. I'm just saying, like, you don't – you know, you don't get a free pass. Like, uh, you know – Jimbo Fisher wins a, a national championship at Florida State. He can do what he wants for quite a while, you know. Kirby Smart wins one last year, and he comes out and wants to play a middle linebacker quarterback. He's like, all right, he won last year with a kind of an okay quarterback. Like, you're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't, it doesn't seem like Harbaugh's getting that. So, yeah, we'll see what we'll see what happens. But this is not a Michigan podcast. That is a weird decision. This is a USC podcast. Uh, we got a lot of USC questions, I think. To before get to. we get into the question, I just okay. want to say, obviously, California, College, college, college football is back. Returned on Saturday, yes. so I know probably I don't know, you're on a boat somewhere. I don't know if you're watching. I, I did watch the Nebraska. I was at the I was at a bar in San Diego after we went on the boat. Uh, Nebraska versus 
Northwestern. In Dublin. In Dublin. So that Saturday, we went about Friday, Saturday morning before we came back up here, got to watch that. Nebraska bar packed. I tweeted out a little video to see like college football fans cheering and they, they were winning early and then they blew it at the end. But um, it's just like got like just being there was like, oh, my God, there's all these people dressed up in the same clothes, cheering for the same stuff. It just like college football was back. It's like, oh, that felt really good. Yeah, and I just want to say, you know, watching all the pregame coverage and obviously a lot of talking heads on Saturday before the game started, a lot of USC talk. A lot of yes. USC, you know, USC was getting a lot of airtime with Lincoln Riley. You know, they're bringing up their segments on what is USC and Lincoln Riley going to go. There was a guy on the, the college game day uh, show with the sign, you know, Venerables over Lincoln Riley. You know, yeah. they're... they're they're taking it well or whatever, but a lot of <laughs> lot of USC popping up on national broadcasts. Obviously, Los Alamitos, uh, Makai Ma Lemon, and uh, Malachi Nelson were playing on ESPN two against American Heritage. So a lot of USP USC love there with the, those guys. Los Al obviously did not have a a solid effort, but Makai Lemon balled out. So a lot of love for him uh, from the broadcast. So just a lot of USC's going on in the uh, the national broadcast. USC is nationally relevant again without playing a game, just from what you've done in the offseason. So obviously now you got to go out and win, but people want to talk about USC. Not, you know, it's not an afterthought because Clay Helton's running the program. Lincoln Riley's running the program. People are excited. Now you got to go out and prove it on the field because you can become irrelevant again if people, if you start losing games you shouldn't you know, and things like that. But uh, I just wanted to share that because that was like a common thread I was noticing while watching. Yeah, you could see USC stuff everywhere. Stuff, yeah. yeah. Not yeah, like Clayton's on the hot seat stuff. Like, yeah, that's oh, the only thing you would really stuff. see. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's the only thing you would see. And sim similarly, you have a similar energy around USC, I think, around USC fans. I think we'll see that on Saturday. Um, but like Ryan said, that energy can dissipate really quickly. <laughs> I think if you, you can look at Texas last year, you know, Steve Sark comes in, a lot of hype. Everyone's talking about, you know, how can he turn this around? What's it going to do from the Alabama days, from the Falcons? You know, how, what's it going to bring? How different is he going to be as a head coach? And they recruited really well going into the last season, and then they struggled. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, the, the conversation changed. There's still plenty of Texas talk, but it was a lot different talk uh, there. So, you know, I, I think that's – an important thing to note, there's a lot of conversation about USC, and there's a lot of expectations right now, actually. A lot of hype. But if you don't perform on Saturdays, then it doesn't really matter. So we'll see We'll see what this staff, this roster, can do starting against Rice. Yep. All right. Well, should we jump into some questions? Yeah. Do it. We will start with Jack. Absolutely. So we put out a, a little post on YouTube asking you guys for questions before the show started. That was earlier this morning. It'll, we can do that every time we've got a show so you guys can get your questions in early. Gregory Kane was the first one on YouTube. What game out of the next five after Rice, he doesn't believe that Rice is a, a huge test, will tell us how the USC will stack up against Utah. So the, the ones you can choose from Stanford, Fresno State, Oregon State, Arizona State, and Washington State. Probably Oregon State. Yeah, I go Oregon State because it's a road Pac-12 game. Oregon State's undefeated. Was undefeated in Corvallis last year. Half and the stadium's going to be gone. They're a good. They're a good team. You know, John Smith. Jonathan Smith's a good head coach, and he has that program in the right direction. So I would say they would probably be the 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 first real test to set it up for Utah. Yeah, they can push you around a little bit. Defense is suspect, so USC should be able to outscore them. But that I think that you'll learn a lot. It's a road game. It's a tough team that's physical up front. You know, how does USC look against a team like that that's sort of like a Utah light? And Utah went to Corvallis last year when they were playing well, not early on before they started Cam Rising, and lost to Oregon State when Utah was, like, on fire. So 
Uh, you could lose there for sure. That'll be a really interesting game to see if USC can stop the run. If you remember last year, USC could not stop the run at all against Oregon State. They ran for uh, over 250 yards, maybe over 300. I don't remember the exact number. And then they crushed USC on play action because USC couldn't stop the run. So if they can't stop the run against Oregon State, they're not going to be able to do it against Utah either. So that is a, a great you know, kind of precursor of, of Utah light, as you phrased it, Ryan. But keep don't overlook Fresno State. A little bit of a trap game there. Just the fact that you're going from Stanford, first Pac-12 game with Lincoln Riley on the road. You come back home. You're looking forward to that Oregon State game. Fresno State is a dangerous team. I mean, some people have them in their top 25s. So don't sleep completely on them. They've got a good quarterback. So I think they're a team that could sneak up on USC if they're not paying attention. Yeah, former Husky Jake Hayner didn't go to Washington with Kalen DeBoer, his coach. He stuck around. And, uh, and they should Jeff Tedford. Tedford's back. back. You know, it's not like it's a new head coach. And, hey, there's a lot of ties already there. We know what Tedford can do. You know, we know he's played against USC time and time again in the past. So that is a game that I've got my eye on that you know, that could be a dangerous one for USC. Yep. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We can alternate with questions asked before the show and questions asked at the top of the stream. This one comes from Cameron on YouTube. Since the USC football offseason is officially over, how would you scale or rate the 2022 offseason on a scale of 1 to 10? I mean, oh, what are, I, I don't I know if it could be better. It would have to be a 10. I would give it no, a can't go ten. Can't go ten. Why? You, you you didn't get that off. You didn't get the offensive lineman that you wanted. You didn't get that, that defensive lineman that you wanted. Oh my god, nine up point. You hired Lincoln Riley. You brought in the number one transfer class in the country. Then you you added the Bolitnikoff Award winner, and you joined the Big Ten. Like, what the hell else could you do? Add another offensive lineman. We just said it. We just said it. <laughs> I mean, that's we a lot. It. That's a huge it. freaking off season. <laughs> I can always 10, be better, right? If you could get Josh Connerly. All right, I'll go nine and a half it's, then. If Josh Connerly would have made so it a ten. Elusive for them, and since it's been so elusive to get their top offensive line target, it's been I believe six years now. Um, when the twenty twenty three class goes through, because they didn't get Francis if, unless he flips, six years without your top offensive line target every single year, and to get beat by Oregon again, I think that brings it back just a notch. Uh, otherwise, you know everything has, has been going great, and the recruiting has really picked up in the last month or so as well. They're really doing closing the offseason strong. Still got a couple more days. Who knows if USC picks up another commitment there? Yeah, they you know they pick they beat Oregon for like three recruits in a row or something like right like it just and uh, 
with Lane, the same thing. He was a, a lot of crystal balls were on for Oregon for him, and he ends up picking USC. He Shaka makes a great point. You did not get any of those top blue chip offensive linemen that you were trying to get: Josh Connerly, Francis Malioga, or Lucas Simmons. If you would have got one of those guys, I would be more inclined to give it the ten, but I'll probably give it a nine. All right. You guys put you guys in, in the thread and the chat on each uh, platform. Give us your grade as well. Ruben said nine point nine, so yeah. he's close. Nice. I think between nine nine and a half and nine point nine is fair. <laughs> I, I don't think you can ever go ten. You can always do better. I think we wouldn't want there to be an off season in the future without the ability to go above this off season. Yeah. So I think that's fair. Going back to the questions asked before the show, Hot Ninja J I Z from YouTube. How do our skill positions stack up against other top teams in college football? I think he was thinking Ohio State, Alabama, some of those big name teams. How do the skill positions stack up? I think it stacks up well. Uh, the offensive, uh, the wide receiver room is really packed. Now, Ohio State probably has the best top end, you know, two, three guys. But, I mean, USC is really deep there. You know, adding the Blitnikoff Award winner is huge. Um, I mean, we mentioned this before, but if you watched the Alamo Bowl last year, they had the two best players in that game, Caleb Williams and Travis Dye, and neither of them were playing for USC, obviously. One was Oklahoma, one's uh, for Oregon. Um, you know, the, the tight end's not as deep, but I mean, there's some, some top end talent there, but I think the strength is going to be that wide receiver room. And then, you know, having a guy like Caleb Williams, like, you know, pulling the strings, like that's, uh, it's pretty impressive. I think you could, if you're talking about like a seven on seven thing, like USC can compete nationally or can they compete when you're talking about, you know, with all the line play and stuff, you know, maybe not on the college football playoff level, but I think the skill guys are, are close to that. Yeah, I think there's an argument that their wide receiver room is the best in the country. I know you're looking at Ohio State as that other contender. Jackson Smith um, is just so good. He's like the number considered the number one wide receiver in the country, and I think that carries a lot of their room. Alabama's reloading a little bit with their with their skill players, so I would say USC is the number one contender to Ohio State in that room. But if we're talking about like overall skill in terms of wide receivers, tight ends, and running backs, I would say USC is definitely top five you put it all together against all other programs in the country yeah not bad offensive skill players i would say that defensive skill players if we're adding those in too uh it gets a little bit more i think usc's deep they don't have that top end uh guys that have proven themselves quite yet all right now another question that came early on in the stream from jaime on youtube what are our thoughts on oregon initiating talks with, uh, about joining the big 10 yeah, I mean, it's so it's like through back channels and you there's no reason Oregon or anyone. I mean, you're going to be you got to open up some lines of communication. I My gut is still that the Big Ten is not going to expand more. There was uh, there's a lot of thoughts of this, just everything kind of calming down. And this is the way things are going to be. But the Big Ten came out with their massive uh, media rights deal. And they're also, you know, kind of, uh, you know, they're 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 in battles with the other conferences, too, you know, and ESPN, what they do. I think they want to keep everyone on their toes, so I think they're not going to shut all the doors as far as expansion goes. But I don't think it makes a lot of sense to expand unless you're going to add uh, a Notre Dame. So I, I don't think anything's going to come of this in the next, you know, in the next year or whatever. Uh, but according to some of the reports I read, if Notre Dame is added, there's already um, you know language in the media rights deal to say how much, you know, what percentage that media rights uh, deal would go up. There's not specific numbers, but there's you know. It opens things up. Like if you added Oregon and Washington to the Big Ten, uh, there aren't specific numbers in the contract already, but they were for Notre Dame. So that tells me they would they would add Notre Dame in this offseason, but I don't think they would add 
anyone else. It's conference realignment. Anything can happen. But my guess is you're not going to see Oregon, Washington go into the Big Ten. And that's, you know, if, if the Big Ten called, both schools would jump at the opportunity to go. I just don't think it's going to happen. Another people reach out to me from, from Oregon, uh, Oregon fans and people that work at Oregon. And my response was, I don't know. And I don't really care. <laughs> It'll eventually get settled. And, you know, I, I just, I can't invest any more time into a conference realignment. I know where USC is going. I'm just focused on, uh, you know, getting ready for the season to get open. I'm, ready, I'm hyped, ready to see some action. Yes. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Uh, bless some breaks on YouTube before the show. He thinks that, yeah, asking, I guess, isn't being ranked fourth, 14th in the AP too high? So I guess trying to gauge our opinion on whether USC is too highly ranked in the Associated Press poll going into the year. I'm on record of saying I think it's a little too high. I think like around 16, 15 would probably be the highest, 17, that range. But I, I understand why they're 14. And it's not like I think it's an egregiously too high spot. But I'm just saying I think it's a little bit too high. That's That's my argument. I don't think there's much difference between 14 and 15. It's in that range. You know, like if you feel there's a team that's going to finish nine and three, which I think, think they will, that's probably around where they'd be ranked. That's where I'm predicting. So it makes sense to me. Um, but that, you know, we, like we said, they got to perform on the field. We just feel like that's the potential for this team, but with upside, you know, this could be a top, you know, six, seven team. Yeah. You know, we don't know. Uh, but there would be, you know, you go on the road and beat an Oregon state or maybe, come close against Utah, but you beat UCLA and you beat Notre Dame, like things like that. Like, yeah, that, then this could be a, you know, a top, top six, top seven kind of team or maybe higher, who knows? But uh, I think nine and three is probably the good target. You know, it's a big improvement and you would end up somewhere around there. So I don't have an issue with it. Another question, Brandon from YouTube. Uh, when do you think we will know the captains and who do you think that they will be? Oh, do you remember? That's, I feel like that should be an announcement this week. Uh, usually right. they make an announcement free. You're not waiting until game day. Uh, so whether that is on Thursday when Lincoln Riley speaks to the media, Thursday morning, or on Tuesday when he speaks, I would expect captains to be named this week at some point. I think the obvious ones are going to be Caleb Williams and Shane Lee. Yep. There's a reason why they're at media day. They've been mentioned by everybody. The real question is, you know, who's going to be after that? We discussed that it was last week or two weeks ago. Um, there's a lot of candidates, and even I thought it was interesting. Lincoln Riley said this week on on Thursday, he said, "We don't have uh, a lack of leaders." He said, "We have a ton of leaders." He said, "They've got to figure out who's going to be that next group to step up going in the future." But he said they have a ton of guys, and he mentioned everyone from Alex Stadhouse and Miller Moss uh, on down the, the the list to Justin Dietrich and some other guys that maybe haven't been those. Uh, forefront guys in the past, but just a number of guys that have stepped up this offseason and, and have really you know been leaders as well. I just think they got they got a ton of guys that are bought in, and I think that means everyone's kind of going in the right direction. And you're just a couple of guys that are up front right now. Um, who's after Caleb Williams and Shane Lee? Could be anyone, I think. I would guess Tuli Tui Pelotu and Andrew Voorhees. Those would be my guesses. Yeah, I think. I mean, it could be Brett Neilan too, but I think it would be Voorhees. And I think with Tuli. As far as like star power goes, like Caleb Williams, I mean Caleb Caleb Bullock is a you know younger guy. I don't know. I mean he could potentially be someone like that, but I was going to go with Thule, just because when we talked to him recently, he just seemed very more statesmanlike. He's like you know more like he, like hey, you're going to be a captain. You got to step up and and, and speak. Uh, it sounds like that's what's going on. So just the way that he's done the interviews, really, I'm like I'm kind of leaning towards what Chris is saying. I think Thule will be a captain. 
Another question Tuli, from before the show. Oh, my bad. Real quick, Jack. Tuli is only 19 years old. I know he's been on campus for what seems like six years because of his brother being yeah, he's yeah. been around all the time. Only 19 years old, which is and the same thing with Kalen Bullock, also young for his age, his grade as well. Uh, so two of USC's biggest defensive stars are pretty young guys. And the other end of the spectrum, you got like Tyron Tolini, who's I think 39 or something. 39. Jesus. Jesus Christ. He's, he's uh, 26. He's yeah. 26. But Fun fact, Thule's birthday will be on the Rice game. So. Oh, so he'll turn 20. Yeah. Nice. He could be a captain on his birthday. I think USC's going – they're going to do their uh, Trojans Live broadcast again like on Mondays. They could announce captains then. Uh, but I think I think Shotgun's right. We'll probably hear this week. But thanks for that question. Yeah. Before the show hey, again. David, what – even with a three o'clock game, Tuli still can't go after it, out after the game to celebrate. <laughs> He's only twenty. Tuscan Raider two before the show. Which coach has impressed you the most so far? I know Chris, you're there the earliest out of all of us. You're able to see all the coaches come out of the tunnel. So maybe you start on this one. Which coach? Which coach has been the most impressive? In terms of size, Sean Nua. In terms of <laughs> speaking, uh, or like just being around, probably Alex Grinch for me. I think he's like a classic defensive coordinator and then you can ask him like one question and he goes off into this whole diatribe of something, which yeah. is like typically uh, how defensive coordinators speak. But I just like listening to him. I like listening to him coach on the field. He's very intense and can be funny sometimes. So I like him uh, and Brian Odom. I think Brian Odom says a lot. He doesn't, he doesn't BS. He tells you what he wants to tell you and that's what he tells you. And I like talking to him. He's very, like, no, no nonsense about it. And he's got a little personality when you talk to him enough. So I would say Brian Odom and uh, Alex Grinch. Yeah, those are great ones. I love Tuscan Raider, by the way. That's a great uh, moniker for uh, our questioner. I love that. Uh, a couple of guys, a couple of new guys I like talking to a lot. Uh, Dennis Simmons, the outside wide receivers coach. And Roy Manning is a lot of fun. Uh, the Russian the Russian coach. So those guys are really I love their energy when you interview with those guys. It was fun to be able to sit down with some of these guys in the the kind of USC Media Day thing, and you know we got to talk to these guys for like a half an hour straight. So that was kind of that was cool. But I, I do love talking to Alex Grinch. He came on our television show. I've bumped into him a couple times out in uh, in the South Bay and stuff. Just really good dude. I'm you know he's someone you're rooting for. You like he gets a lot of criticism. You want to see this defense perform well, you know. So uh, I, he's a good dude. I think if if he gets this defense turned around, he's going to get a lot of credit for it. and He deserves it. So we got another question coming from YouTube from Keith. What guy on the scout team or second or third string do you expect will be a starter by midseason? Coach Lincoln Riley talked about when he was at Oklahoma, Marquise Brown started on the scout team, was one of the best receivers in the FBS by about midseason. So do you think there's any guys like that on USC's Ooh. roster this year? And who do you think it would be? I don't know about scout team, um, but like second team, I would say Lake McCree. Um, it seems like the tight ends have been kind of on the second team mainly. So, and I think Lake has super high potential as like a weapon in this offense playing that H back role. Uh, so I would go with uh, Mr. Lake McCree could be a real, we saw glimpses of what he can do out there on the field uh, late in the season. You know, he's coming off that knee injury, but I would, I would pick number 87. I like it. Any my thoughts? first thought was Eric my first thought was Eric Gentry. Um, he's a guy that's worked with, uh, you know, has not been with the ones consistently at least. Um, you know, seen really go forth there, Shane Lee. So the fact that the, the conversation that Brian Odom had about him, how quickly he has absorbed so much stuff and the, 
the knowledge that he's come with, I think he's a, an interesting uh, potential. And just as he gets more and more kind of used to the middle linebacker spot after playing on the edge last year, I think he's a guy that, that could come on like that. Uh, you got a couple of freshmen that could also be guys that, if they're not starters, they're at least getting more playing time. Damani Jackson, if he stays healthy, Relief Brown, um, I, I think he's going to have a, you know, at least a package to start with. But how much that develops as the season progresses, that'll be interesting to watch as well. Yes, it's funny because we, I would have said Gentry for sure, but it looked like he'd been getting, you know, first team reps. They're talking about him a lot. So it's kind of like you're expecting to see a lot of him already. I don't know if it would be on the offensive line, like a Gino Quinones or someone, if they, he ends up getting some some love because it's going to be hard because they, they're, they're, they're probably he's yeah. starting something's i think something's happened now josh henson did talk about maybe doing a rotation and you might see one at like left tackle i don't know if they're going to break into uh some you know any of the other guys that do that but uh you know i think gentry's a good one and you know could end up being one of the the wide receivers like you could have said like a cal ford but he's been out for a little while um, I like Terrell Bynum a lot, and you know we haven't heard too much about him. Maybe someone like that, but you, you're probably going to see a lot of receivers play. So there's a good option there. And then like a Darwin Barlow, uh, you know, I think he's someone that uh, when we talk to uh, Kyle McDonald, a lot of love for the former TCU uh, running back. So it'll be interesting to see. I think there's a lot of potential for that. We'll see. I don't know about scout team guys, but certainly some guys that what? maybe aren't in the, the you know the the uh, listed as starters already. One more guy. How about the former number one player in the country, Corey Foreman? Yeah. Didn't I mean, practice much in camp, just now getting back. Um, now, he could end up starting on Saturday. We don't know. We'll see uh, where Romello Hyde is after he's been you know, banged up as well. But uh, just the fact that Corey Foreman hasn't been able to practice the entire uh, fall camp, he's a guy that when he gets on the field could take big steps really quickly uh, if he's out there and able to practice and play uh, you know, full, full speed uh, going forward. Hey, Solo was in pads. Solomon Tuiela Poo-Poo-Poo. Yeah. That could be a good one. I mean, he hasn't been around in a while. I think he would count as coming from out of nowhere since he's a fan favorite. We just haven't seen him do very much. So if he came out and had a big big year by the middle of the season, the fans would be very happy about that. We have another question from Kevin on YouTube. Do you expect anyone to redshirt? And then another follow-up, any non-freshmen? We really haven't heard, I don't think, a whole lot about this yet, so I'm anxious to hear you guys' opinions about this. He said any freshman redshirt or non-freshman? Uh, first of all, is, do you expect anyone to redshirt? And then a follow-up question, are there any non-freshmen that you expect? I always from? expect someone to to redshirt. Yeah. I don't know who. There's, there's a ton of guys. I mean, there's guys who will get playing time. You know, they have that four-game cap, so there'll be guys who get that, but... I expect – I mean, it's not a huge high school class, but I do expect some guys that will need the red shirt. Um, as far as non-freshman guys, oof, off the top of my head, I don't really have anyone for you. Um, so I, if you pull up – here's the one thing if you want to look at the numbers. So you can check out our scholarship distribution chart for 2022. Um, there's 10 seniors I have listed, 10 juniors, 40 sophomores, and then 21 – Freshmen, and those include red shirts, and this is just based off of you know that that forty numbers because of the COVID year, everyone kind of got mashed together. The class of 2020, 2021 end up being one. So guys that are in that group, like a Jake Jensen, I don't believe he uses red shirt. He could red shirt. I think mm -hmm. I think you'd like to try to red shirt a bunch of those sophomores if you can. So when they move over to juniors, a lot of those guys stay. You don't want forty juniors and stuff uh, on the team. Now, there's some guys like a Michael Jackson or, a, I mean, 
you know, I don't think a Mario Williams is going to do that. You know, some of the offensive linemen like an Andrew Millick, uh, you know, he could he could do. I don't think you're going to see Cortland Ford or Jonah Monheim redshirt. Uh, a Jamar Sacona, he could potentially redshirt. Um, I don't think you're going to see Romella Hyde or Corey Foreman. Chris Thompson Jr., if he's injured, you yeah, know, if he's one. not able to go, someone like that. Um, a Rajon Davis could potentially, you know, he's probably going to play a bunch of special teams. Um, Jacoby Covington, Josh Jackson, Jalen Smith are all true sophomores. And then Xavier Alford, Kalen Bullock, and Latrell McCutcheon. So if a few of those guys don't aren't going to play, they get injured, they can redshirt and then kind of be held back for that and stay sophomores, it would help. They got to break up that 40 number somehow. So I, of non-freshmen, I would think you're going to look for the sophomore class. And some of those guys will, if they're not going to play, Maybe you hold them out of special teams and just give them a redshirt year. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a. I don't think it's that big of a deal, Ryan, um, having that big block. Because remember, there's a number of those guys that you know are. If you're a, if you've been in college for two years, then you have the extra year already from 2020 as well. So I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, some of those guys you mentioned technically would have redshirted 2020. Yes. You know, Jamar Sacona was not playing much in 2020, but he doesn't technically have a redshirt because, but he is a, you know, you could call, label him, I label him a third year uh, sophomore this year. This is his third year, and he's only played a couple games that first year. He technically has used, he hasn't used his redshirt, but he has the extra year of the 2020. So, you know, there's, the, I think that 2020 throws it off a little bit. Uh, yeah. So just you got to keep kind of keep that in mind. That's part of the reason why that that uh, class is so big. I think. Yeah. Another question coming from Ruben on YouTube. We've been talking about the wide receivers a lot. His question is, which running back impresses on Saturday, and do you expect anyone to go over 100 yards? I go die. I think Travis died, and I think he does. Right. I think they'll all get touches, and you know I talked about this a little bit you know maybe we'll have a little relique brown stephen carr freshman year first game moment Ooh. rips off a, a i don't know 50 yard run 60 yard run something like that maybe a game day prediction for me i don't know maybe Ooh. maybe those are coming looking back forward soon. to your predictions we'll yeah. have the 10 bold poll bold bold predictions for the season coming out this week my annual one so and then obviously i do five every game day yeah i'm getting the five for five this year ryan you're gonna get the five i'm getting five. it done I like to see you get like off the one or zero. Like you got to get like you know two or three. I'd be impressed. <laughs> it's, it's tough. He makes. He makes I've gone over. I've gone four. You I've got gone four. You two. Just I've just... done three. I've never run the full gambit. I've never you ever got all five? five. five. Have you done one? You've probably done one before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Do the predictions come with the baked goods on Saturday? Ooh. Uh, I should. That'll be a bonus prediction. I will win. Okay. Bake off. I like literally have not even looked at a recipe to make these uh look cupcakes yeah. i don't want i don't want to hear where i didn't do it and have time i'm showing no, no, up no. i'm showing up i'm so going to show better, up but i have done, win by i'm default. like showing up for my you know nfl uh fantasy draft without like looking at anything you know i'm not going to pick a kicker in the first round or anything but i'm just saying i've been prepped and i expect to win so we'll see what happens a lot like how you said USC is getting a lot of hype without playing a game yet so far. Ryan, you're the only one with a prediction uh, for victory in the Bake Off. You're, you're leading Chris one nothing. Someone said that your barbecue skills are going to come in handy and you'll figure out baking uh, on that day. Another question is on YouTube uh, coming from Larry is, do you think this team will have an edge or a nasty disposition about them? I think there'll be some sort of like chip, especially coming from the guys who were on the team last year, you know, they took a lot of crap last year and 
a lot of blowouts, a lot of losses, and I think obviously a lot of them are just excited for the new the newness of Lincoln Riley in this team. So I think there will be sort of this little bit of an edge, you know, given the disrespect and the all the all the stuff they went through last season, you know, four and eight, a lot of blowout losses at home in the Coliseum. I think so. Guys that were on the team last year, I think they'll be playing with a little bit more oomph. You know, yeah. that, you know, a lot of them are here for their last ride. They want to go out, you know, like a Nick Figueroa, Andrew Borges, Brett Nealon, goes like that. Guys like that, I think they'll play with a little bit of an extra something. I think, season. yeah, I think they'll score a bunch of points that'll just be kind of like just with some swagger. I think the you're going to see a little nastiness on the defensive side of the ball. I think they want to get aggressive. They want to force negative plays, force some turnovers. I think, you know, I don't think Lincoln Riley will be upset if you get a an aggression penalty, things like that. So, yeah, I think you're going to see more of that on the defensive side. Uh, so there's another question. I think this one, maybe Chris goes with your bold predictions. Does SC have someone big to run out of the tunnel? If so, who do you think it'll be? I don't think it's been announced so far. So maybe a bold prediction. Bad Bunny? Bad Bunny. <laughs> no, I, sure. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, bad, Bunny. Bad, bad Bunny. No, I don't. I don't have. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a former player. Maybe Carson Palmer. Uh, that I would be an interesting. I one. don't know if you heard it. If it happens, uh, you're welcome. I made it happen. Carson Palmer, I think. You know, people have been talking about him. This uh, it'll be the the re debut of the number three. So maybe I don't know. Maybe. I think that's a really good guess. Um, I was at an event uh, like a USC Marshall event that John Walker was. Uh, he's part of the the Marshall School of Business board, and they had a bunch of guys from that national championship team. I didn't talk to any of them about it, but I think Carson Palmer would be a great choice for something like that. Oh, so I thought you were talking about Bad Bunny. But no, it wasn't, he okay. wasn't there. Bad Sorry. Bunny wasn't there. Shotgun? Like, yeah. Uh, it, I think that Carson is a great choice. Uh, he could go with a number, another number three as well, maybe a Keyshawn Johnson or Curtis Conway. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. that I know someone put, has a pretty good legacy as well. People talk about Reggie Bush. Yeah, like so Reggie's working, so he can't, yeah, he can't run out of the tunnel. He's working. <laughs> Because he's like on the studio show, so uh, I don't know where they're doing the first Fox uh, Big Noon um, kickoff. Yeah, I'm not sure where they're doing that, but yeah, it's going to be tough for Reggie to do that unless he's doing a USC game. Then it could potentially do it. I wonder if if Keyshawn would then also be working too for ESPN. I don't know what his college football responsibilities are for this season, but also I know that he's in Los Angeles uh, doing work for ESPN now, not New York like he has been in past seasons. So oh, okay. it'd be pretty cool if they could bring him out. At some point this year, another question from Brandon. I mean, keeping it on the subject of ESPN, you guys watch college game day. Lee Corso predicted Caleb Williams to win the Heisman. What do you guys think about that prediction? Uh, I mean, also, Lee Corso's he struggled busting. He struggled busting. I love lovely Corso. Well, yeah. It's time to shut down the Lee Corso uh, uh, pick train. Whatever. It's it's a yeah it's it sucks because it's he's been a staple on that show we had a actually there was a brilliant post on the peristyle that the guy was they were criticizing he said that the college game day format needs to get a some sort of enema or something i forget what it was like holy cat like a rework um and i love corso i i don't know i'm not going to put a lot of stock in his predictions he's just he's there because he's just such a presence but it was hard to to listen you know to him because he's kind of struggling with it which which sucks because I love the guy, but uh, I don't know. But it's certainly a viable thing. It's a real-world thing that can happen. Caleb Williams is a legit, legit Heisman contender. You know, I mean, top, he's like top third five, or fourth yeah, top, Vegas Easily odds. top five, yeah. top three. So it's it's a legit prediction to make. So we're going to see. We're going to see. But, yeah, 
Lee Corso. Um, it's a no, rough. It was it's rough. A rough, rough. Yeah. Rough. I preferred his predictions to to Desmond Howard's. I mean, if shotgun, if, if your prediction comes true and West Virginia beats Pitt this week, there goes down one of Desmond Howard's four college football playoff teams. I don't know if you guys saw that, but he had Pitt as the four seed in the playoff and beating Clemson to win the ACC. Narduzzi four seed in the playoff. Narduzzi paid him losing with Texas A and M, and I believe Michigan was the other one. So and Baylor. I don't think Michigan's going to be good. Oh, was it, was it Baylor? Oh, so you know, I don't think so, but. Hey, wow. it's fun. Hey, the thing is, if you're on a show and you're on a show that has the same format as Ryan just said, it's been the same for 20 years, why not mix up your predictions? Because yeah. it's been the same teams forever. And it probably will be. That's the problem. You shout it into the abyss. But you're talking about, you know, you lose Mark Whipple, right? You know, you lose Pickett, you know, the first round quarterback. Mark you lose. Whipple not having a great week one, I'll tell you that. No, right he now. did not have a great week going to Nebraska. Um and and you lose the Politikoff award winner from last year. Like, I don't know, I mean, like that's it's just like, oh, you lost all these dudes and then you're gonna get better? Like, uh that's that's a tough one for me to swallow. Mark Whipple calling his top receiver in Nebraska a bigger, faster, stronger Jordan Addison. And they brought that up on the broadcast <laughs> and the very next play he drops it. <laughs> oh jeez. That's an unfair label to put on a kid right it should be noted that jordan addison had some drop issues last year at pittsburgh as well yeah but he went yeah. to Blinikoff, so when you get targeted 144 yeah. times yeah that, that was that him. was the thing people would say about drake like does he ha- does he drop the ball too much like no because you throw him 190 <laughs> balls you're gonna drop a few <laughs> or you could be michael Pittman and drop like two in your career true you got yeah. a lot of passes too so yeah it's it, it comes down to a concentration when you get the ball thrown to you 14 times in a game especially when you're looking for that hit on some of those quick passes. So that's what it happens with some of those. But I'm just saying, Jordan Addison did have some, some drops last year. But the fact that you're hyping up your guy as a bigger, faster guy that just went out and had, what was it, 17 touchdowns and almost 1,500 yards, yeah, that's the part that makes you go, what? Excuse me, sir? Excuse me. Excuse me. The most you can Maybe say is I see a little. So mad. The most you can yes, say sir. is I see a little bit of Jordan Addison in him. That's like the most. Don't don't call him a bigger shark or whatever of this. Yeah. That's, that's way too much. <laughs> too much. Way too much expectations. It's like I hate when when draft prospects are coming out and people have like a draft comparison. They're comparing him to a Hall of Famer, but that's like going as far to say like he's going to be better than a than a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't quite agree with that. But no. on the Desmond Howard thing, it, it definitely seems hard to believe that you're going to have a four team college football playoff and you're not going to have one of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Clemson, like any of those four, a completely new slate of four teams. I, I guess he kind of he probably was upset that he missed out on the one year that Michigan did make the playoffs. I don't think he predicted Michigan to go and oh, yeah. put him in there this year, being from Michigan. But I just that's that's a tough four team prediction. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna go like fly like people that haven't made it, like Texas A and M, they get this number one recruiting class. You could say they make a jump. They beat Alabama last year. People are saying USC just because the Pac-12 is not that tough, and you know I, I get those like Pitt. It seems like they're going to take a step back. Like, I wouldn't predict them. No, that's a weird one, but whatever. But it's almost uh, we'll see. A, a quarter after. We should Maybe we can rapid fire some of these. I think we went through most of the questions that were, that were on, unless people want to throw in some, I some got, last couple. I got DM'd one. Okay. That, but it's specifically for me okay. that I want to ask about it. <laughs> Perfect. Are you taking over the show today because no, you won't I'm, be here on Thursday? Yeah. I just He actually just re-DM'd me and said, looking forward to this question on the show. Uh, so shout out to Andy who DM'd me. 
Hey, Chris, I was hoping you could answer a question during Tunnel Vision tonight. Here we are. Uh, I know you're a member of the <laughs> Turtley Turtle Club for Life, and I respect that 100. 100. Uh, I'm assuming he's referring to Maryland, University of Maryland Terrapins. Uh, that being said, have you developed any Stockholm Syndrome or a sweet spot for USC football from working uh, at uscfootball.com at 24-7 Sports? Thanks. Interesting question, and I'm I'm sure I might upset people, but I am not a USC fan. I am not. I did not. I am a unique uh, perspective because I did not go to USC. I think most people uh, that are cover the team uh, went to USC. I am an outsider. I am a far out outsider. And while I'm not a fan of the team, I do obviously hold a certain respect for the team, and I like covering the team. I know a lot of people on the team. You know, with guys I covered in high school, so I do have this utmost respect for them and the only thing i really root for is having a fun team to cover that's really what I'll, what i what i care about having a you know a a exciting team to cover a fun team to cover and get to go cool places like cotton bowl or rose bowl or things like that so that's kind of what i what i what i root for and having a a joyful work experience uh, covering yes. a fun team so if you want to interpret that as like i'm rooting for usc to win that's not what i'm saying but if you want to interpret it that way for sure and i do i feel like i do come off as like a fan on twitter because i beat up on <laughs> trolls a lot <laughs> but that's just me like wanting to dunk on people like yeah. with with things i know like if you want to come and argue i'm not gonna like sit there and go to bat and call i'm not going to agree with you when you say usc is not a blue butt because that's not that's not true right. or you want to trash a new commitment i'm going to trash you right back i don't <laughs> i don't care but it's not i guess i am sticking up for usc in a way but i'm not doing it from a fan perspective i'm just doing it for someone who covers a team and knows a lot about the team yeah. that i've covered for the last what six years or so so that's kind of what what that's my perspective on it keeping it real i love it and he just responded, respect that 100%. So shout out to Andy. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Shout out. You want someone, to do a else at, someone else said, uh, how do you hire someone who's not a USC fan? It's not our, it's our job, guys. Yeah. Not, we're not here to be fanboys. We're here to bring you information, give you information about the team, not to be fans of the team. Uh, I went to USC. Ryan went to USC. But I would not say that either of us are fans of the team. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're covering recruiting. Like, you're not out there like, come on, dude, you got to come. Like, that's an NCAA violation. Like, once – that's the one thing that people kind of don't get as much. And even when I first started doing this, they would get me, like, USC gear and things. It's like, when you move over to the media side of things, you have a press credential, you sign all this – USC makes you sign all this stuff that you're not a booster. And it, like, all those things you got to do. You can't be – we're not there cheering on the team in the press box if they get a first down or anything like that. We want to cover the team – and give you guys the best information possible. So you have to kind of separate yourself from fandom. The reason I started uscfootball.com is because I'm a big fan of USC football. I went there, got my undergrad, master's there. That's why I started. But then once it becomes, once we started being in the media and it was like, it was a whole different story. Then it was like, okay, this is not just a, a hobby that I'm just writing about the team for fun. This is like, you're actually doing it as a job. And so to, to do it right, like we're not out there like, cheering people on um i know some people don't want to hear that but that's just the way it is and if we're, we, we you can't do that if i went to a high school game and i was asking like some kid about telling him why he should be going to usc that's an ncaa violation like you can't do that stuff so we don't want to be part of the recruiting process we're just reporting on everything that's going on and trying to give you a uh, objective perspective on what we see what we hear the, the sources we talk to and all that 
to give you guys better. Then you could be his fan. We want you guys to be fans. We're trying to give you all the information that you could be the best fan possible. All right. So should we go to rapid fire now? Yeah, we got to do quick rapid fire. We'll do a few minutes of that. All right. GLBC, outside of Thule on the defense line, who do you see on our D-line breaking out? We'll direct this one to you, Senior Sack. Oh, 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 okay. Uh, you know, Dejon Ben kind of coming on here, like you it. know, as a guy who we don't really know what it's going to look like when he, you know, he's out there on full full snaps on Saturday. And I think he's going to have, obviously, a big part of the rotation. Looks like he's geared up to be a starter. So I would say Dejon Benton kind of breaking out. Number 79 had a big fourth fourth down stop against Colorado last year. That's when I first talked to him. But I think we'll be interviewing him a lot more this season. So I'll go Brandon Peely. Slim down Brandon Peely. Uh, yeah. I hope I hope so for Brandon Peely's sake, just because of what he's went through the last couple of years. So we'll see if that happens. This is going to be directed at the old man and the young buck. Jackson Miller asked, what are you most looking forward to this season? I think we'll get the, uh, the opposite spectrum uh, perspectives. Uh, for me, I'll start the old man first. I assume that's me. Uh, yes. I mean, it's really just seeing like what we get to see the players. We get to see them warming up. We, you know, we got to see the spring game, but we didn't get to see, it's like you've seen the ingredients. We just haven't seen the final product, right? People wanted some food analogies. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. Someone's like, I'm worried about Ryan. Abraham. <laughs> we've we've opened the box. Air. It's like, you know, there's, chopped. A, there's a lot, it's like chopped, but instead of having like, you know, chicken livers and, Sweet tarts, they're like, oh, we actually have like filet mignon. Oh, and it's hello like, fresh. It's, 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 well, but you know, it's not like pre pro Like, there's like, oh, this is like fresh asparagus. We're going to have some, uh, oh, we can steam some clams. Like, the, all the ingredients look really freaking good, but we got to see what the dish looks like. You got to put it together, but you're not starting with crap. It's not like licorice and whatever. Like, you have good ingredients. So, what does it look like? That's what I want to see. I want to see what this product looks like on the field when you put it all together. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's I, the chopped. It's the chopped version when they have the like gold flake in there, and the <laughs> rare caviar, and like that, where they're like, "All right, we'll see what you do with super expensive stuff." Yeah, I'm excited. To, I think you're right. I'm excited to see the product, but also see something new. We've heard all about what this offense could look like, and I, I'm excited to see it on the field. See the ideas that Lincoln Riley has to put out. Uh, onto the gridiron. It's been a long time since USC had a, a running quarterback as well. I think I'm really excited to see Caleb Williams and what he can do to just make this offense look a little bit newer than we've seen the past couple seasons, even going back to Sam Darnold and Keaton Slovis and Jackson Dart at the end of last year, and just see what the offense can look like with someone as dynamic as Caleb Williams, which we haven't had in a while, and Lincoln Riley's new philosophies that we've heard about but haven't seen on the field quite yet. I just want to say that question should have been addressed to Ryan as old volleyball dude. Oh, yes. <laughs> Go, 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 watch, watch All go watch All American on Netflix. What season four? The, whatever the I last forget what episode it was. Like four or something like five or something. Else. Yeah. Super Luminal asked, "Do you think uh, Lincoln Riley sees similarities between Max Williams and a former safety he had at Oklahoma, Bookie Radley Hiles, who is from Calabasas or from Pasadena, played at Calabasas? Since both of them are undersized safeties, um, and I can answer this: haven't seen both of those guys play. I think there's a little bit of difference." I think Max Williams is a more, uh, you know, just be in the right place at all times, and just he just makes plays, whereas Bookie was much more of an aggressive player that would take chances and, and go for the interception, try to make that big play. So a little bit different in their just their thought process of how they play the position. But I guess you could see the, the similar body types. Chris, you quick chime in. you agree with that? Yeah, I would say that's, that's pretty accurate. I would say Bookie's also a lot – has a lot more athleticism. Than Max has than Max has to rely on, but Max's football IQ is just off the charts. And yeah. That's kind of what you mentioned, just like always in the right place at the right time. So, I think those that's the kind of biggest fundamental difference. 
Ron Dacko wanted to know, why hasn't Dante Williams been interviewed throughout the fall practice? Ryan interviewed him uh, this past week, I believe. Yeah, I think I did. It was this last week. So we did. Last time we could talk to a defensive player or coach, we talked to Dante Williams. I like talking to Dante. I mean, it's there's some unique. There's always unique perspectives to on the to be had, but having the only coach that was on the team last year, you can always get something interesting. So yeah, an did. interim coach at that. Mm-hmm. He was an interim head coach. You know, maybe we just don't like talking to him because he reminds us of a dark season. <laughs> I still like we were doing a podcast last week. And Chris was listening to some kind of soundbite, and like literally, it was a Clay Helton soundbite. And there was sort of like this reaction. I was like, "Wait, what was that?" Like it's just like, "Oh my god!" I like just haven't had to hear that for a while. Shotgun, so. you know what clip it was? <laughs> the one that I was supposed to look for for you? No, it was the elephant head. Uh, oh. <laughs> Jay Toya. <laughs> Whenever you t- tell a kid that he has a massive elephant head. Sometimes transfers. I, 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 I rewatching the clip, it was like he was going to say something nice about Jay Toya, but then his like his brain took over and just said like the first thing that popped into. He's like, that guy's got the biggest head I've ever seen. It's like an elephant head. And I was like, oh no. And oh he, no, what are you doing? Then he transfers. Oh no, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Vicky asked who could be a sleeper on defense this year, which kind of translates to that uh, Jay Toya was a guy we thought last year could have. Yeah. <laughs> Coming out of the spring. Uh, Examarion Gordon, X-Man, yeah. is a guy who's, you know, looks like he's taking a step in his game. He's talked about how he shed a lot of weight. You think he was like 202 when he came in. He's 190. He feels a lot lighter. He's got some run with the first team when guys have been hurt. Uh, Lincoln Riley shouted him out for his growth from spring to fall. So I'll say the X-Man is a guy, just kind of a sleeper secondary guy because they're going to run a lot of safeties. So we'll see that. I like it. I'm going to go Sierra right uh, at the cornerback position. I think there's a lot of room for for cornerbacks to get in there, get some playing time, and another one of those guys that Lincoln's had a, had a great fall camp. Sierra right, looking up. Cool. I don't know if Makai Blackman has gotten enough press to, to be considered a sleeper or not, but I think he's going to be a dude this year for USC. Uh, similar to uh, since you brought up the kind of the, the feel of that clip, Ryan, Trunks asked, are you guys excited to stop answering Clay Helton questions? Or ask Clay out questions. Um, ask, or, 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 answer, answer questions. Yes. Oh my God. That was that was one of the like. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the best parts of like. Well, first of all, I mean, you never want to root for anyone to get fired. I, I've said many times like, Clay is a nice bit. Always been a good dude to me. Um, but once that ended, we still got Clay Hilton questions a bunch because people just didn't know what else to do. But it's nice that they've pretty much gone away. And then someone will still bring something up every once in a while. And a lot of people will be like, we don't want to hear about that anymore. Like so. this one right now? Like this one, yeah. We still like, <laughs> Shaka, but that's we, okay. Shaka, you remember on the Family Feud, we would get at least one, when is Clay Helton going to be fired question. I'd be like, I've answered this. Like, And then after he was fired, they kept bringing stuff up. I'm like, you've already fired him. Like, there's not, like, you can't, like they, they wanted, like, we got to fire him. We got to fire him. And he was like fired like three games in and like the team's struggling. And they're still talking about it. Like, that already happened. Like, now you got to move forward. Like, there's, he's gone. There's, so There's no... There's no truth to the rumor that there's a bill being passed in the California state, uh, you know, government that they're renamed Stockholm syndrome. The <laughs> yeah, it's no truth to that. It'll be uh, big, big horsey syndrome. <laughs> couple questions about starters. Uh, will Alex Stadhouse start as kicker? I believe so. Who will start at linebacker? I think this is a, one of the more intriguing questions because I think it's still three man competition. Uh, you guys could probably say better of who's getting those one reps the little bit you're seeing. Uh, but I, I feel like there's still three guys in the battle there, and I don't know that it's, it's settled from 
from the, the conversations the coaches have given us. We might see three linebackers on the field, right? I think. Yeah, they've Shane sort of Lee. experimented with sort of three-man looks at linebacker, which is interesting. So it kind of fits this three-man battle you mentioned with Shane Lee, Raylan Goforth, and Eric Gentry. I don't know if the, the three-man thing will be a thing they do all season. Probably not. Um, but it sounds like it's sort of, sort of like a three-headed Hydra, if yeah. you will. But I, I would assume Eric Gentry would at, at some point kind of take over one of those spots with Shane Lee. But, you know, Raylan's had a really strong offseason, so we'll see. Yeah. I mean, there's like real buzz behind the scenes about Eric Gentry. Like people are excited about him. So just people, sources you talk to, it's just like that name comes up a lot. When we do interviews, it comes up a lot. There's a reason for that. When there's smoke, there's usually fire. So you're going to see Eric Gentry play a bunch. Shotgun, I've got you're one. Gonna hear him. You're going to hear him on the broadcast also because he's super tall. Remember when Brock Osweiler, he's a 6'9 quarterback, 6'9 quarterback, yeah. over and over, whatever it was, 6'8", whatever he was. He's a 6'6 linebacker. You're going to hear it ad nauseum whenever he makes any play in a game. Someone had a comment, I think, on YouTube. They were like thought there would be a good like nickname like Spaghetti and Meatball or something like that. I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but I saw it earlier. Sorry, they asked my... if, if, if Shane Lee and Eric Gentry had a nickname yet, and they said Spaghetti and Meatball. Yeah, pretty good one. So. Put some respect on Shane Lee. He's no meatball. <laughs> Compared to Eric Gentry, he is. <laughs> Shotgun, I saw USC, a fun... Oh. Sorry, USC already had a uh, meatball on their team previously. That was Liam Douglas's nickname from, um, I believe, the Aaron Osmond yes, yes, staff. Yes, yes, yes. So yeah. we're going to go with no. And he's also at UCLA now, in case anyone oh, was wondering. Yeah. Nice. Shotgun, I saw another fun question about which former USC wide receiver do you think will have the best season in the NFL? And this could be, I mean, one of the best USC to the NFL wide receiver seasons we've seen. And you can make a, a strong argument that there are five wide receiver ones in the NFL that came out of USC. You have Amon Ross St. Brown in Detroit, Drake London this year in Atlanta, Michael Pittman in Indianapolis, Robert Woods in Tennessee, and I'm oh, and Juju Smith-Schuster out in Kansas City. I'm, I'm putting my money on, on Michael Pittman and pretty much every fantasy pick I have too, but uh, there's, <laughs> I mean, you could argue that there's five of the 30 wide receiver ones in the NFL came out of the Uni University of Southern California. Give me St. Brown. I think I'd go St. Brown too. Wow. Yeah, so, you guys know I'm going with, with, with Drake as a Falcons fan. You got to go to Drake. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that into a, I'm wishing that into existence. I think if we had odds, Pittman would have the best odds. So I think. Well, you know, I think it's because he's not having Jared Goff and Marcus Mariota throw him the ball. But. Right. Yeah. But you know, we'll matter, right, so we'll see. Uh, yeah. There's a difference though. Juju has uh, Patrick Mahomes. So That's very true. Uh, Brian McCall, uh, shotgun. What's the Robinson baseball news? That would be Deuce Robinson, the dual sport athlete out of Pinnacle in Phoenix. Uh, he literally looks like Aaron Judge 2.0 on the diamond. The better comparison there is actually Giancarlo Stanton, mm. the former Mike Stanton, who was at Sherman Oaks Notre Dame, was a USC football. I don't know if he was ever a commit. He was definitely a target, and if he would have went the football route, USC was the likely choice for him. So that is the the more apt, I believe, uh, comparison there. But uh, I wrote a big story on Deuce the, this past week, I believe it was, and you know, talking about what he hopes will be the decision he creates. He wants to create a decision for himself. The kid already has a decision to make about commitment and all this stuff. He wants to create a decision on MLB draft day as to whether to tell teams, don't bother, I'm going to whatever school I'm picking, or, you know, 
if you give me enough money, then I'll come and, you know, sign to play professional baseball now. So that's what he's hoping to do. He's had a really, really good summer. He's still a raw athlete. You know, I've talked with a bunch of baseball, college baseball coaches as well as some people on the scouting side, and there's still questions about where he will be at when the draft comes around next July. If he puts in the entire spring, early summer next year, focuses straight on baseball, he could be a guy that develops enough that a team says, I love the tools, I love what he can do, we can coach him up, and he'll be a guy that goes early enough. But right now he would not be a guy that would be drafted high enough to be paid what you would want, what he would want to not go to college for football. So that's kind of where he is right now. We'll see how that develops as it goes on. He's going to, you know, start football, obviously, and then he's putting baseball on the back burner. He said, basically, hey, I'll try to get over the baseball field whenever I can uh, in between games and stuff during football season. But then he hopes to play his entire senior season for baseball as well in the spring, but that'll be the first time. So it's hard to make that bouncing back and forth, and especially baseball, seeing, you know, elite pitching if you are. Uh, so that's the big question for him, you know, hitting all-speed pitches, all that type of stuff. All right. Well, I think that's uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. Uh, another good show. Sorry for the uh, – glad we got to hear from Michael Jones at the top of the hour, uh, top of the show. Sorry there were some technical difficulties getting that in there. But you got to hear from him. We got to like yeah. – you get to see us scrambling while he we're trying to – He didn't hear us, but thing. we heard from him. Yeah, he couldn't hear us. <laughs> you get to hear us scrambling, trying to like pause for time as we were trying to fix technical technical difficulties on the fly. But, you know, that's Send me your best memes. Yeah, we got some good memes for that one. But uh, that'll wrap things up. Make sure you're going to come back. Uh, you guys can all come back. Uh, please hit the like, subscribe button on any of the platforms we're on. We'll be back on all three platforms Thursday night. Shotgun will be in town. So he'll be right here in the studio. So uh, I think, Jack, you're going to be here too, right? You yep. can make it. Yeah. So me, Jack, and Shotgun will do a preview of uh, USC versus Rice, and we'll take a bunch of questions. Forgot to do the live callers because we were trying to set up uh, Michael on this one. So we'll try to get the live callers again next time on Thursday. So if you're for that and then enjoy the rice game, hopefully you can come out to our tailgate at uscfootball.com. Check out our Twitter feeds and uscfootball.com for more information on our tailgate party. Should be a lot of fun. And then we'll see you Sunday night here on Tunnel Vision, recapping what we're expecting to be some kind of a blowout win over the rice owls. So if we're going to sign off there, we got shotgun Spratling, Chris Trevino, Jack Smith doing a great job uh, producing the show and hosting. So thank you all for tuning in to Tunnel Vision, and we will talk to you next time. Like and subscribe. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.